Today, we spoke with Kendara Laurel about her spiritual journey and her work with intuitive readings and the I Ching. To learn more, visit kendaralaurel.com. And to contact Spirit Road, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And, and this, this is, is Spirit Road. Well, Tim, hi. We're back on our podcast today, and we have the lovely Kendara Laura with us. Hi, Kendara. Hi, Lori. Hi, Tim. Hi there. It's good to see you. Thanks. Glad you could join us today on our podcast, Spirit Road. And what we've been doing is having different folks come and chat with us and talk about their spiritual journey with us. So let's start with that. How in the world did you start on this path to get where you are now? When I was 25, I was working in a health food restaurant on Collins Avenue in Miami Beach called the Health Hut. And one of the waitresses there had a mother who was a medium. And there's an organization called Spiritual Fellowship Frontiers. It's a national organization. And they were having a convention. And I went with her, having no idea about any of this stuff. And there was a man named Clem. I can't remember Clem's last name, but he was talking about awareness. And he said, people only use 10% of their minds. The rest is spiritual. And that was the key that turned it. I thought, wow, if we're not using that much of our minds, can you imagine the possibilities? And I started taking classes. And I started, and this was in Florida, I started looking for metaphysical churches. And I connected with a woman named Mildred McDonald, who was a trance medium and taught classes in her living room. And I was there getting a reading. I think it was probably one of my first readings. And we're in her office. And there's a piece of cardboard behind her with signs like readings. This is how long ago it was. This is like 45 years ago. Readings, $10. Blah, 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 $15. Trance. 25. And I said to myself, I wonder what a trance is. And suddenly her eyes closed, her legs shot straight up, she went into trance. And it was powerful. I was hooked. So I just started going there for classes. And then I connected with another metaphysical group and we would do fairs and things like that. And then I moved to Tallahassee. I went to eight different colleges, but that I don't know if that's my spiritual journey or not, but it studied with someone in Tallahassee named June Dunsing, came to Denver about 38 years ago and just connected with amazing people like yourselves. I was always working, even when I was, you know, doing this stuff, which I've always been doing. I remember working for the newspaper in St. Pete and during breaks, I would go across the street with my supervisors and give them readings. 
So people knew about it, but I wouldn't. We, yeah, we'd sit at the park. It was pretty interesting. When did you realize you could do readings with people that you were able to channel? That's a real, oh, Lori, that's, a, I think I'm going to say that's a good question a lot. So when I started, it was tarot. No, actually, it was playing cards. And then it was tarot. And then I was, when I was 50, I took Reiki three master teacher on my birthday. And I never used the Reiki. I do it, but I don't heal with Reiki. I use things. But I started channeling. And I was so impressed with it that I took Reiki master teacher three times so I could channel. So that's, I'd say, what was about <laughs> 20 years ago. So that's when I realized. Um, again, it was just like doing it and taking classes in it. So, so, so yeah, I, I had the experience of having a reading with you recently and I, and wonderful experience. And I know that these messages kind of come through and that you hear uh, numbers and things that are relevant to a person's experience. And I was really kind of blown away by some of what you were getting and how much it resonated for me. Do you remember when those started happening? Was there, was it a, was it a shock to start to have some of those experiences or is it something that evolved over time? I remember I just started reading for somebody one time, go, okay. And they'll, and they'll show me a number. Okay. And I'll say something to the effect when you were nine, something happened to cause you to be this way or I'll see the number nine and then I'll see a closet and realize they were isolated so no I don't remember and it doesn't always happen and they never my guides never say to me this is what this means but like you you could you knew what the number meant so it sounds like you actually get symbols then that are delivered to you through spirit and then you just say that to the person or you begin to make the connections for them about how that fits into their life and their path. Well, what happens is I'm clairaudient primarily and I hear it and they'll say they were nine. And then they'll sometimes show me a picture and sometimes they won't, but they'll audibly say they were nine <laughs> or they okay. were six. Or I'll say I'm getting the numbers six and 12 and I'll hear it, but I'll also see the numbers. And so we've also had the experience that you, you know, you have been working with the Awkwardly Zen group to to run some psychic development classes and things and, and having these awarenesses of different types of skills. And, and how long have you been working with others to help them realize their potential? How did that come about? I've been doing it so long, I don't remember. And I really don't. I remember, I think the first classes I started teaching were Carol. And then about 15 years ago, I remember I had a group and people would come once a week and we would, one week we'd study psychic development, one week we would study healing, one week we'd study manifestation. And then I did a lot of other ongoing classes. I'll say 35 years to play it safe. When did your meetup start? Tell us about your meetup. In 2009... I was working part-time and every single job I had would always end. They were usually temporary and they'd always end. And a friend of mine said, you know, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing, but I'm stubborn. And so in 2009, he said, his name's Scott, really close friend. He said, you know, you know, so many people in the business, you really should start a metaphysical group. And I said, well, where would I get people? He says, you know, everybody. 
I go, well, what type of group? He goes, meetup. He's like, he's so fed up with me. I have no idea what meetup is. So in 2009, February, I started a meetup called Introduction to Metaphysics. And the first meetup had 23 people. And I was kind of in a daze. He said, well, go greet your guests. And we, he was a speaker. And we did a thing on Tonglin. Do you know what Tonglin is? Okay, Tonglin is where you breathe in everybody's problems. And you transform it and breathe out love and light. It's spelled T-O-N-G-L-E-N. And that was what the first presentation was on. And then I started doing classes. But I'm going to fess up. I really did start my meetup so I could get out there and let people know more about me. It wasn't totally altruistic. And then I had two other meetups at the same time. I had one where I taught people the I Ching. It didn't go real well because once they learned the I Ching, they would leave. And then I had a group. I mean, also rejected. And then I also had a group called Metaphysical Conversations. And that was just a lot of work. So 2009, February is when I started it. and. I love it. We originally had three meetups a week, I mean a month, and then we went down to two. And where are things at today? Because I know you shared with us. I know, I'm so happy. Well, on about a week ago, I put down on Facebook, I said, Introduction to Metaphysics now has 3,000 members, and it now has 3,009. So it's growing exponentially, really. And it's such an honor. I I mean, the people are so incredible and it's amazing. I'm blown away and I'm so deeply humbled that they come. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was right before I started my meetup and I got together with two other people who were more experienced and they said, send every single member a private note and thank them. And that just was what a good thing to do. Hi, Mary. Thank you for becoming a member. We're so happy you're here. Very nice. And I would think now, too, in this past year with Meetup being uh, available online, that it's really helped expand your Meetup as well. It totally has, largely because people come. (laughs) I don't charge them, which is neither here nor there. But it's also like you can do it. I mean, Eri, who's the head of Awkwardly Zen, which you're both members of, meets in nine different cities. So a lot, so I collaborate with them. And a lot of times people in her group will join. And she's good enough to say something. If you have a business, put it in chat. So you're right. This has made a huge difference, huge difference. Well, and I just, I think your meetup is really wonderful. I've been coming for a number of years now as well. And it's a wonderful way to get introduced to the different practitioners in our area, in the Denver area, and be able to learn new, have new ideas, new skills, just new information and connect with people that maybe you want to work with at some point. Yeah, that to me has been very exciting and very helpful. It just really exposes all of us to who's out there in the community that can offer services and support. You know, that's absolutely right. And people, my speakers, um, seriously, they are lined up. They ask to come in because I market the heck out of it. They don't get paid, but really it connects them. And I'm so honored that they come, but you're right. That's the purpose. Um, And on occasion, someone will contact me and go, well, I've got a book. Can I, and I'll go, no, the purpose of this group is actually to educate. 
it's not for self-promotion yet if you've got a book talk about it but we're not doing the meetup so you can advertise your book so yeah you're right I mean it's great like I think Lori you're going to be coming in a couple months and speaking Mm -hmm. in June yeah actually I need your stuff next month but that's another story I stalk people before they come to my group well, and that's the other thing is you book people like a year in advance. Like I'm booking December, basically. In fact, I had to create. I had to create another meetup in October because there's this really a well. Brenda, Brenda's amazing. She gave me one of the best readings I've ever had, and I said, "When are you coming to my group?" And she goes, "You didn't ask me yet." I went, "Oh crap." So in October, we're having three meetups, you guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're booked up. As the months have gone by or the years have gone by, you've been on this path for a while. What would you say are, what are some of the commonalities that you find in the people that attend the meetups or who see you for readings? Do you feel like we're in a transformational time? I know this is a topic that comes up for us a lot, but like, how do you feel about where we are as a society, as a culture, as spiritual seekers right now? I think this period of COVID has made people very introspective finding out what they'll put up with and what they won't. I go to a group on Tuesday nights, which I'm a member. And one of the facilitators said, well, how is this affecting people? And more than one person said, you know, I want to stay in. (laughs) People are searching, people are seeking. And a lot of them, I mean, they've always been seeking, but I'd say when this started, the question was, am I going to meet the right person? And there's nothing wrong with that. Or should I quit my job? And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, now they really want to know. It's okay. I just want to know if I'm on the path or what I need to get to the path. And basically what it is, it's them finding themselves more. What would you say to someone who is just starting out on their path? They've they found that they are, they're not finding what they need in their day-to-day lives or the beliefs that have been given to them. And now they're in this place of searching and looking for community, looking to, to really understand more about themselves and why they're here. And, and they're taking those first steps. What would, what would you say to someone? Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I would say the quickest way to tune in is meditation. And then I would give them a really simple way to do it. And then I don't really, I mean, I'll promote myself. And it's not because I, but I think that sometimes they do really well connecting with groups. So I would tell them about Awkwardly Zen. I would tell them about my group. If they had a certain thing that they really wanted to learn about, like if they wanted to learn about, you know, their soul path, Lori, they wanted to learn about crystals, someone else. So I think it would depend on what they were looking for, but I would say find some groups to connect with. And then I would also say meditation. And I, and I know having had conversations with you that meditation is very important, a very important part of the path. What would you say is the, the connecting force or value that comes from having that as a practice? The thing about meditation is it quiets your mind and you really listen and you can see the overall picture and you can feel the difference between the ego, the part that says, oh my God, we've got to do something and that quiet knowing within which just says this is what you have to do it absolutely increases your intuition and that's what i would say it's just honestly there it's amazing i mean and there are times when i go oh i know actually i love doing it but you know there are times when it's a pain in the butt to do but um i trick them into it 
I give them a little tiny breathing exercise where I just have them like if you can, my guides are doing, do it now. I'm going, okay. So if you guys can close your eyes for a second, they're hard little minded people and just breathe in through your nose for a count of five and hold it for a count of five. And as you breathe out through your mouth, silently say the word breathing. And then breathe in through your nose again and hold it. And as you breathe out through your mouth, silently say the word breathing. That's it. And then I'll say to them, how do you feel? And I feel great. And then I'll sit there and I'll do this. I'll go, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing that. You can do it anywhere. And I'll say, just do it for 10 minutes every morning or every night. And it really makes a difference. I will also tell them sometimes to sit with a pen and a paper after they're done meditating. There's a really good book by a woman named Sarah Weisman called Writing in the Divine. And it's about channeled writing. I think I would tell them that. I would tell them, you know, just to be gentle with themselves. It's very powerful and it does help connect you more directly with with spirit, with your guides, with the angels, whoever it is you need to connect with in that spirit realm. It really does. And so many times it just opens you up. I agree. So can you talk a little bit about the services that you offer and where you offer those services? I would be happy to. I have my group, of course. I do readings at a metaphysical store called Shining Lotus, um, Colorado Boulevard. And I read every Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And on the third Sunday of the month, I also am starting to, Ari said I should start mentoring people. So I also do classes on a one-on-one or in a small group. And, you know, people can just contact me. I love teaching. That's my favorite thing in the whole world to do. So thank you for asking that. Absolutely. And so when you're at Shining Lotus, do you do Tarot? Do you do I Ching? What kinds of readings are you? Uh, can someone expect when they come to see you? Well, I do Tarot. Mm-hmm. I do intuitive readings. I do the I Ching. Um, I have graduate classes in counseling. And one of my favorite things is to do belief shifting. And I use Byron Katie and I use Gay Hendricks and Lynn Grabhorn, who all wrote books on that. And it's helping people find self-defeating beliefs that often started in childhood and helping them change them and remove them so that they can manifest. So it kind of depends. Like when someone comes in, they'll sit down and go, okay, what do you want to talk about? And they'll look at me like, well, aren't you going to tell me? (laughs) Usually what I'll do, though, is I will start with the I Ching because you can do a whole reading on it and it's powerful. The thing about the I Ching, which is so amazing, is this. If you've got a block in one area of your life, usually in every area of your life, maybe you feel like you're not speaking up or maybe you feel like you're not communicating. And by finding out the appropriate behavior, it's incredible. But the thing that really amazes me more than anything with this is, I love the tarot. I do. It's still open to interpretation. With the I Ching, you're throwing coins. You can't make the coin fall a certain way. So I'd say if they don't know what they want, if they don't have a specific question, say, what do you need to know? Or a lot of times people want to know about their path. So regarding the I Ching, I had, 
I had a reading with you and it was really interesting. And my first time having an experience with that, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit, maybe about how you got into that, but also if you might be able to give us a brief introduction to what that is and, and where it originated or what it means. I would love to. Um, the I Ching is the only reading I give myself. The term comes from E, which means change, and Xing, which is a term applied to all the ancient Chinese classics. It's the second oldest book in the ancient Chinese library, and it's over 3,000 years old, and Confucius used it. When I was 37, I was working in a metaphysical place called Crystal Light, no relationship to the soft drink. And one of the readers knew this man named Howard. It was Howard Badhand. And Howard Badhand was a Lakota Sioux medicine man on Rosebud. And he taught the I Ching. And he had taught it at Naropa. And so Michael said, do you want to go out to dinner with us? Because Howard did live in South Dakota, but once a month he would come to Denver and he and Michael would go out to dinner at a wonderful little place called the Northwoods Inn with peanuts on the floor. And then we'd go over to Michael's house and um, they would study the I Ching. So um, I said, sure, I'll go and get out of the car. And this little tiny gray-haired Native American man, shorter than me, with gray braids and a T-shirt and a headband, takes my hands and he goes, you're very intuitive. I teach. And for nine months, once a month, he would come to Denver and we would study the I Ching. So the I Ching was used by every single educated Asian. And people called sages would have to interpret it. And so there are two different types. There's yarrow sticks and there's coins. There's 64 six-lined figures called a hexagram. And it's basically a course of progression. So the way you ask, you ask a question, and then you throw three coins six times. Hats count as a three, and tails count as a two. So if you throw three coins and it's an odd number, it's a solid line. And if you throw three coins and it's an even number, it's a broken line. And if you get three of the same kind, it's a changing line. Because solid lines are yang and broken lines are yin. And if you have three of the same kind, it's too much of that. So you have to do the other. So you would ask a question and then you would throw the coins. And then you get a six-lined figure. And you would look at it. If you had any changing lines, you would look at the other hexagram of what it looked like with the changing lines. It is so powerful and so amazing. It's like you would you could say something like, what do I need to know about? Or what can you tell me about? And it will. It absolutely will. But the thing is this. Everybody's intuitive. And a lot of times they know the answers already. And you don't want to babysit for them. And you don't want to disempower them. You can, and you don't want to tell them what to do. So you can say something. I would never tell you to leave your relationship, although you're, you're asking me, you probably are thinking about doing it. But what I will say is this, if you continue the way you are, nothing's going to change. It's mind-blowing, just 
I love it. It's so it's so awesome because it gives you the exact answers and it tells you where your blocks are. And I can't tell you the number of times it's made kept me from making some big mistakes. It doesn't take away from the free will, but it's like, oh, I didn't think of that. For instance, I work at this metaphysical bookstore called Shiny Lotus, and they have got incredible items there. And every once in a while, I'll see something I really want to buy. I'm lusting after some carnelian mala beads that have been there for six months. And every time, oh my God, are they gone? But no, they're still there, of course. So I'll do the eaching and say, it's just wrong to be consumed with the physical. You know, it's like every single time, no, don't spend the money. No, don't spend the money. And it's not that I don't have free will. And it's not that I have to listen to the I Ching, but it really fits. It's, what it is, is it's a manual for self-empowerment. Carl Jung, who wrote the preface to the original book, said that. He said it's a book for lovers of self-wisdom. Confucius is supposed to have said at age 70, if I had 70 years left, I'd use it studying the I Ching. It's that good. That's very powerful. Oh, it's so powerful. It's, it's just powerful. I'm honored when people want it. Do you also teach the I Ching? I do. I do. Um, I haven't really taught it online, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to because I think people would really like to learn it. And I know I've done a class for Aries, so I think I would love to teach the I Ching because I, I mean, people like that stuff and it's interesting. Um, I think what I really want to do is empower everybody. I mean, you know, I don't want to, Tell them how to do stuff. One size does not fit all, but yeah, I'll teach it. Well, I think that's a wonderful idea, and I think that I've, I've seen you doing that in community. It's that your Aww, your, your presence you. is always a, always a, a blessing, and the things that you offer and the ways that you offer them with your, your gentle kindness is it's been wonderful to see. So I would love to thank you for your time and for sharing with us, and I guess we'll look forward to chatting more in the future. Thank Thanks you for coming. so much for having me. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it.